animals less healthy than you can't nourish you. Are you surviving or are you thriving? Are you too busy to live? Do you have grain brain? That was brain. Fight for your life. Get your prescription for health today. Is Mother Nature too good to be It's true? not you, it's the food. It's a no-grainer. Oh, <laughs> um, that isn't happening to us. It's already happening to you, woman. Join our army of minas. Keep the government off our farms. Make, Make it, it happen today. today. Save the bacon. Save the bacon. Save the bacon. It's time to drop some atomic mom bombs. It's not me. It's you. Invest in your life. Yay! Her name is Neethi. Go save the bacon, mommy. Hey, folks. Welcome to episode one of Neethi the Pharmacist. I am Neethi, and today my husband, Rohith, will join me so we can introduce ourselves and tell you about our daughter, Minakshi, how she conquered cancer, and about our army of Minas. I hope you'll stay tuned in. Hi, everybody. I'm Rohit. I met my wife, Neethi. Hi, guys. In 1999. 1999. And ended up uh, having a long distance relationship. We ended up dating for two years, long distance. And then finally I moved to North Carolina. You moved the first year. You moved in 2000 in the summer. We were also a lot older, you guys. I was like 29. Yeah, I was about 30. And For my 30th birthday, you moved to Charlotte, remember? Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, obviously, um, the relationship has worked out, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I needed to move closer in order to see if it was something that would work out initially. And um, in talking to Neethi uh, uh, about marriage and all of that, that goes with the dating for two years. Uh, we also talked about wanting families. We both loved kids. We both loved kids and um, really excited about being parents. Yep. And Neethi's, uh Family and her her mom's side of the family has, has lots of uh, siblings. Her mom has lots of siblings, and my mom and dad had lots of siblings. So we really liked that aspect and uh, wanted to also have a big family. But we just didn't discuss exactly how big. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about that. I always wanted more kids than Neethi, but... We all we we always. I was scared physically to. <laughs> yeah. So um, we ended up having our first kid in 2004. Go boys! We ended up having a boy. Um, it was kind of scary. We had our first scare too because he um, was premature, uh, weighing in at just four pounds and seven ounces. Um, that was our first reality check, I think. Yeah, and he was like as big as the size of my hand, <laughs> which was kind of scary and funny. Mm -hmm. 
It was only funny because he was fine. He could breathe and his lungs were developed fully and everything. I mean, we, we did so much. We wanted to be the perfect parents. We were sure to have read all the most current parenting books and we tried to follow everything textbook and Rohit was trying to safety fire our house. <laughs> and yeah, because he was a preemie, we ended up having to treat him for jaundice with a blanket wrap for eight weeks and he had to get um, blood taken once a week. Make I did sure, not like that. Make yeah. sure that he uh, was doing well and everything like that. Checking his bilirubin and everything. Yeah. <coughs> and so um, as part of that, we also um, tried to establish a strong relationship with our pediatric group that we interviewed prior to even having babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were just really trying to make sure that we had everything in line for them to be as healthy as possible. And just like every parent does with their first baby, you know, you just go a little bit overboard and, (laughs) uh, you know, look at everything in to the nth detail and try and get all your uh, ducks in a row. So, you know, we were just normal, hardworking parents um, that, uh, you know, ate out and ate at restaurants, ate fast food, enjoyed the convenience of having, uh, you know, basically uh, a married life with a, uh, with a little one that we could bring along with us. We tried to include him in everything that we did so that he would get used to all the noises and all the typical things that we did. All the socializing. I mean, we're Indian, so we're very social and... Um, I mean, and I also actually love cooking, so it was not that I wasn't cooking, but, you know, we were definitely not trying, I wasn't trying to be, um, like June Cleaver or anything, but at the same time, um, you know, I actually love cooking, so there wasn't a problem with that. Um, anyway, we... Once, once we were pregnant with the first one, it was pretty easy. The second time we were pregnant again in 2004. I don't know that we were expecting 2005. That. No, she was born in 2005. Yeah, that's right. We got pregnant again in 2004, right? Right. They're, the kids are just, they were just 16 months apart. And so I don't know that they were totally Irish twins at 13 months, but they were very close to being like that. And I finally got my little girl. I wanted a little girl. And she was the second baby, but the first girl in the whole family. So, And we pretty much had the baby thing down, so it was really easy to get into the mode of changing diapers and cry, you know, crying babies and feeding times <laughs> and all of that because we really weren't even through with the first one. Yeah, and actually it was that. great. My labor was faster the second time, and we were way more ready to conquer the new baby coming home. Uh, the second time. Yeah, I think that uh, Niti was even more so ready, uh, or so much so ready, that she even ended up uh, staying at home and um, actually watched our nephews, which were also under the age of four, (laughs) and ended up taking them, like, you know, grocery shopping and food shop, you know, food shopping and whatever else, that needed to be done around the house with four kids that were under four. Yeah. I mean, actually was five weeks, no, five months old. And then Gavi and Marco were both just two years old. And then Mateo was four. So 
it was fun. It was interesting. I, I knew how to maneuver and manage the kids with a Bajoran around me all the time and a double stroller. <laughs> you know, we did all the things that everyone does in the community. We were, you know, uh, the kids were eating all the popular kid foods uh, in addition to, you know, fresh fruits and like bags of carrots and kid friendly veggies. And I mean, we baked fresh cookies, but you know why I was using store-bought cookie dough and uh, we played at parks and had play dates with all the other moms and, you know, picked up Happy Meals just like everybody else did in the community. Labor Day 2007, we went to the doctor because um, we were trying to find out why uh, Mina's uh, sinus infection wasn't going away, even, know, we were... even though she was on antibiotics and all of that. And I was sure she was having some kind of like allergic reaction to the penicillin because her head was starting to swell. It was crazy. And she ended up actually getting a lazy eye, which really brought our attention to taking her to the doctor. And so we took her to the doctor and the doctor's visit on Monday after Labor Day ended up with us at Wake, at the Wake Med emergency room. Yeah. Okay. So they did a CAT scan. We ended up doing an emergency room to emergency room transfer to Duke Children's Hospital. It was definitely um, the worst day of our lives. Oh, yeah. Clearly the worst thing I've ever had to do was tell Neethi that our kid had cancer. It was a very hard, difficult thing. I don't even think we knew, or you didn't even say that. You just said her entire head. Is full of full tumor. tumor yeah. And I think that it never even struck me as cancer. I thought, oh, you know what? Like, we're just going to go. They're going to do surgery and take it out and we're going to go home. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking about. I mean, I definitely was not initially thinking, oh, she has cancer. Yeah. And then we ended up going because we went basically from emergency room straight to Duke Children's Hospital, we um, had to start aggressive chemotherapy right away. And so yeah. with surgeon, that... Well, the surgeon said that they could not operate um, because the tumor was so large. It had eaten up her entire sphenoid bone. It was, uh, it was threatening all of her vital structures, her um, optical nerve. It was wrapped Retinal around nerve. her... Yeah, it was wrapped around her carotid artery... It was, it had already, you know, severely damaged her body. And it was, the tumor was the size of a baseball inside of her head. You know, if you can imagine a two-year-old and having a tumor the size of a baseball on a two-year-old's head, that's pretty, pretty large. So, um, we tried to use homeopathic remedies to we, handle. We did use homeopathic remedies. I mean, she underwent five rounds of aggressive chemotherapy and... My grandfather is a renowned homeopathic physician. When he was living, Rohit's family is, uh, he, Rohit and I both actually come from a family of doctors and both allopathic and naturopathic. And so it was, it wasn't even a question for us to, um, try to seek, uh, holistic, uh, remedies, um, in conjunction with allopathic medicine because that is, what was done in India and was done in other areas of the world. And so there was, um, it wasn't a choice. Like we had to pick one or the other or something. Um, you do everything in conjunction. And so 
you know, you want to bring down all the hammers uh, when you're fighting for your child's life. Yeah, we were trying to fight it on all fronts. So that was the easy decision. You know, you just, you have to do everything that you can to fight the tumor. Right. So and the homeopathic remedies helped us to handle her extremely toxic side effects from the chemotherapy so she wouldn't lose weight. She was the only two-year-old that didn't lose an ounce um, when she was undergoing chemo. Um, it, the homeopathy helped to produce more white blood cells, helped with constipation and diarrhea, and so many other of the horrible side effects of um, chemotherapy. I mean, the homeopathic medicine was definitely... So working. also along with that, you know, we tried to, um, we realized actually that uh, eating food that was clean and from the farm was actually what Mina was craving. So let's go back for a second, honey. Like he, Rohit was researching, she, he and I had decided that we were going to split our research up. So he was researching all the medical therapies available to fight cancer, whether they were allopathic or naturopathic or whatever. And while he was researching those things, and I was researching food and environmental or like holistic solutions so that we could really um, create uh, the most beneficial environment for her. And I was learning all these things about uh, the chemicals and our um, cleaning products and um, like HBA products and things of that nature while Rohit was studying what like proton beam therapy and um, yeah just other other various types of uh, therapies in order to get this tumor because you know it was in her head it was in her sinus cavity and the basic thing was was that it was so intertwined inside of her head with other things that we were all I the was, vital structures I, yeah i was trying to yeah. i was trying to research to see what other things other than chemotherapy could be done in order to reduce the size of the tumor. Right. Because we knew surgery wasn't an option uh, because of all the vital structures surrounding that. Right. So. So then Neethi had done some research and called me one day and said that she was going to clean out the entire pantry, the fridge, the freezers, um, all of our cleaning products and everything because she had found information regarding uh, you know, having natural products, uh, farm fresh <laughs> foods, using, yeah. you know, n non-chemical products. Right. And I was like very pregnant and because at this point I'm pregnant with our third child. We had actually just found out the day before the weekend, like the Friday before Labor Day, we had just found out we were pregnant with our third child. And at this point, Mina's been through about five rounds of chemo. I'm like nesting and having a panic attack about how I will manage to be with her in the hospital during the day with a baby while we have a son at home who, well, he's not even at home. He's at my sister's, you know, thank God we had family that my son could be with. And I was really having a lot of anxiety about all of that. And he comes home and I literally have the whole kitchen and the family room wall to wall of all the stuff I'm going to throw away. And he's, and I'm crying and upset, you know, and he's just looking at me like, Oh my God, like what's going on. And, <laughs> but, but we also <laughs> noticed that, you know, Mina craved 
the farm fresh food that we did have, like her favorite thing to eat, her like, you know, default thing to eat was sausage from the farm. Or whatever it was that we had that was clean. It was the only thing that she would ever ask for. Like that was the thing that was like really interesting. She wouldn't ask for any, like she wasn't asking for potato chips or something. She was asking for something that was completely fresh off the, you know, off of farms. And, um, so anyway, basically. So anyway, we ended up, we continued with the farm fresh local food and got rid of all of our stuff in our house and and guess what like we told duke that we wanted to we made a choice we had a, a meeting with the entire family uh which we never made any of these decisions by ourselves we made it with the you know with our parents i mean well we might have made the decisions to throw things out of our house or whatever but you know our parents were always involved and our extended family physicians were also always involved in when we made our big decisions medically. So we made the choice to bring her home to take a a holistic uh, path after we had a conversation with a physician at General Hospital, which would be Harvard, uh, you know, uh, when they were telling us that if we were to proceed with any type of radiation therapy or proton beam therapy, which would have been the more focused uh, type of radiation, then, uh, you know, our daughter would never be whole again. Well, we could already see that she was already not whole, even just with the chemotherapy. And um, I think that for Rohit and I both, it was very difficult to stop. I don't know that it was so hard for me to make that decision as much as I think Rohit was feeling like, and even maybe his mom was feeling like, what are you doing? Like, are you just giving up if you stop this allopathic medical approach or... um like, what are you going to do medically, right? I mean, I yeah, know. but the but the decisions were really easy because once you talk to the doctor and the doctor, you know, especially the the Harvard surgeon when we talked to him on the phone at the time, he said, "Yeah, I can get the tumor and reduce it, but I can't get all of it." So, and with that, I would also get her eye and her this and her that and all of these other things that would become damaged. Yeah, and and also just IQ points and things like that because of the way they would have to go in to treat it. It was going to affect all those things as well. So I I remember after that conversation, you didn't hesitate to make the decision. And I think before that, there was a lot of uh, hesitation. Yeah, I mean, believe me, there was a lot of difficult decisions to be made, but the, the, the choice was very simple. If once you saw all your options at the time, it was very, very easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in any case, at that point, um, this experience led to um, our discovering that the local farmers were um, getting our food, that we were getting all our foods from, were soon going to be out of business, uh, which we couldn't understand. I mean, the more we proceeded to eat cleaner, the more we felt... Uh, that we weren't going to be able to do it for very long because um, the farms were telling us that they didn't, they couldn't just raise the food for us and there wasn't enough consumer demand for them to stay in business and, and produce the clean food. And I mean, let's face it, let's be honest here. We had a gun to our head and we couldn't allow the farmers to go out of business. And that was when farm to fork meat was born. That was when I started this meat riot. I mean, I say I started it, but if Rohit wasn't supporting me to do it, (laughs) 
I'm sitting here with three small children, one battling cancer, one just not even born yet, actually. Well, jail was five weeks old. (laughs) Anyway, Minakshi is the reason we started this mission. Uh, We've learned that we need grass-based meats and chemical-free vegetables to heal our bodies and uh, and Minakshi is the reason that we were able to experience all of that. So eating the grass-based meats helped the tumor and it was arrested in 2009. Actually, um, we uh, left Duke in 2008 before Jaya was born in March. And we were on a very, our, we were on, we were eating paleo, but at the time we didn't know it was called paleo. Uh, we just had a, 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 st- a saying in our house that was, you know, if cavemen didn't eat it, we don't need it. And we weren't really trying to go paleo or something like that. Um, actually we did, we'd never heard of that. So <laughs> this is before I was, uh, on any type of internet, <laughs> this is before all of that, so I wasn't. I, I was home with the babies. I wasn't like playing around on the internet. And researching yeah, we were things. we were researching medical stuff more than anything else. And we were researching in books and on farms and with boots on the ground, the old old school way. We weren't really doing yeah. anything online. And so um, later, of course, I realized that what we were doing was eating paleo, but. <laughs> We were just eating meat and vegetables. <laughs> if, if we, if we could, our, our thing was if we couldn't figure out where we got it from, like if we didn't know someone who raised it or we didn't grow it ourselves and we couldn't verify that it was clean, we didn't eat it. So we weren't using the convenience even of like, for example, clean coconut products or organic stuff out of the store. We didn't trust anything. We literally, if I didn't know somebody who grew it, we didn't eat it. So, uh, but we were able to arrest her solid mass. We, we left the hospital in February of 2008. Uh, JL was born in March. We went back for the first MRI in May of 2009. And that was when we learned that we had arrested her solid mass tumor. And we went back four months later to find out that we actually had converted her solid mass tumor into a cyst. And this was all by stopping the chemo, uh, removing toxins and only incorporating farm fresh meat and vegetables from grass-based animals and chemical-free produce. So then, um, you know, I guess, unfortunately, Minakshi was already damaged by the cancer when she presented in 2007. As we told you, her sphenoid bone had been eaten up already. Um, I mean, there were there was just a lot of damage that had already been done to her physically, uh, upon presentation. And then with the chemotherapy, chemotherapy that she had undergone afterwards, um, she did finally, um, have a recurrence, uh, in 2009, uh, late, uh, in August. And, um, she had secondary tumors that grew within weeks and she was gone within days. We were shattered, you know, on September 13th, um, 2009, uh, we had a amazing memorial and our community, our community was massive. I mean, we had, oh, yeah. 
It's unbelievable how many people showed up, that, how many lives she had touched in her four years. I mean, she touched way more than even came, and there were over 500 people at her memorial. So we can't um, be more appreciative and um, have more gratitude towards our community. We really had a very strong and still have a very strong network of people That's that support sure. us. We still continue to maintain our legacy by teaching, teaching, teaching. And our mission is to have her be the catalyst to reestablish their regenerative organic small family farm no, food no, no, system. I mean, we're working as the catalyst. We are working to reestablish. She's the kind of our catalyst. Yeah, she's our that. yeah, she's our catalyst. And we want to be the catalyst to reestablish the regenerative organic small family farm food system. You know, that was actually dismantled post-World War II. It was in place, and it has, it was dismantled. And so the purpose of this podcast is to educate human beings on the benefits of becoming regenerative consumers. And we hope that um, you can now understand why. We hope that you continue to listen to our podcasts and join us each and every episode. And join our army of Minas. Join our army of Minas, correct. <laughs> Please leave an honest review about the show on iTunes and like and share our Facebook page. Um, you can also sign up for our newsletter. And if you like the education that we're bringing to you each week, can you please help support our 501c3 mission to reestablish the regenerative, organic, small family farm food system by making it happen today with a tax-deductible cash donation? You can register and make a donation at www.farmtoforkmeatriot.org. Again, that's www.farmtoforkmeatriot.org. And click on the donate button. I'm Neethi, signing off. Remember, let your farmer fill your prescription. Reboot, restore, and rejoice.